keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. Welcome to The Quantum Leap Catalyst with Terry Ostroviak. In the next hour, Terry and his guests discuss how to accelerate your business success and turn possibility into certainty. So turn up your speakers and hold on. Here's your host of the Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. Good morning, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego. I know there are people all over the world listening today, so uh, I welcome you to our show. I know some of you are talking in the evenings or listening to us in the evenings, and some of you are right here at 8 o'clock in the morning in San Diego. Our subject today is a very interesting one. It's, it's the subject of how to turn a small business opportunity into a larger opportunity, maybe even a global success. Our guest this morning is the chief executive of a company called Symmetry for Health in San Diego. And what we're going to be talking about is how he turned his business from a, let's call it a one-man show or a one-person show, where he was busy all hours of the day and night trying to deal with uh, various uh, patients that he had and learned how to expand his business so that he could reach a more global audience. He is a very interesting person at one stage. He was a semi-professional baseball player here in San Diego. He has run the company Symmetry. He was chief executive for many years, written a book called Symmetry, Relieve Pain and Optimize Motion, and then developed an organization called License to Heal, a globally-based state-of-the-art technology software uh, system, in fact, receiving national attention for its pioneering success, I'm reading this to you, in integrating relief interventions. And the objective behind this is that he has received international recognition from assisting other kinds of practitioners in similar fields, boosted their earning potential by helping them to implement this license to heal program that cures and possibly in some cases eliminates drugs, helps with manipulation, prevents surgery, expensive equipment, stuff like that. So let's welcome him today. His name is Patrick Mummy. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Terry. So tell me for a moment, how did you get into this business called Symmetry in the first place? Well, interestingly enough, I was awarded a scholarship to San Diego State for baseball. Right. And my degree in at uh, San Diego was uh, athletic training. And fortunately for me, and I say this because it sounds funny, that I was injured quite a bit. And uh, being injured a lot in baseball and being treated in the degree that I was in gave me an opportunity to see the downfalls of Western medicine. So I kind of, uh, when I graduated, I fell into some alternative types of uh, situations and developed symmetry in, in 90, 1997, three years after I graduated. Okay, so you've been doing that uh, for almost nine years now, yes. being interested in the subject and working on it. Right? That's yes, that's correct. Very good. Um, what uh, What did you start to do differently once you once you started to get a, an insight into what they were doing in the pain relief area, the people that you were talking to? Well, based on my own experiences, what I what 
I found with my own injuries was that not only were they just symptomatic relief efforts. In other words, if I had a hamstring pull, then it was just treated for my hamstring. If I had a back pain, it was just looked at my back. And what I found was that not only was it temporary, there was no answers given in terms of long-term adjustment or long-term program to make sure that those injuries didn't recur. And so once I got into the, the field itself and experienced other people's stories, I learned that other people were frustrated as well uh, in, in terms of being a consumer who's in pain. And the biggest downfall that I found um, in the medical community was that everything is very subjective. It's just based on instinct. And the treatments are based that way too. So you're not really following any type of protocol other than, than how that, that person may be feeling after a treatment. But in terms of them going home and actually taking care of themselves, that's not addressed. And that's the biggest thing that I found that was missing. And I started symmetry with that goal in mind. In a sense, then, what you were doing was turning over some of the responsibility for healing over to the, over to the uh, people that you were working with, the patients, let's say, rather than just simply saying, well, I'm the guru who can resolve all these problems for you. Just come tell me what your symptoms are. Yeah, that's correct. And I think when I started the business, I was a little naive because, you know, I don't have a business background per se. But what I did understand is that for any type of business, the first thing that you want to do is find a niche. You know, you want to find your niche in, in the market and you want to address it in a way that, that really um, addresses the attention of what's missing in the marketplace. And, and what I found was is that with, with the clientele that I was dealing with, there, there was a, a, a level of frustration uh, based upon their past experiences with trying to address and eliminate their pains. And so my ability to to address their symptom, but more importantly their understanding and education of what they need to do, the tools that they need to have in order to go home and make sure that what I've given them and what I've taught them is going to be successful for the long term. And so what symmetry is based upon is an objective analysis. So what we do is we actually take measurements of one's posture, and based upon that measurement system, we can correspond and relate a sequence of corrective exercises or corrective postures that that person would do at home, and it's a series of different uh, evaluations and processes that they eventually take on themselves for the rest of their lives. So that was point number one. Point number one was finding that niche and then understanding how to address it and make sure that you can correspond that and relate that to my clients. And that's, that's, yeah. what, that's how symmetries become successful. Very interesting because that changes the whole image of, the, of a professional like yourself as compared with people in the chiropractic area or the medical area or the, uh, maybe even the massage area for sports, let's say for sports medicine where people have to come, and it's always a one-on-one -on -one type exercise, isn't it? And here you are saying, well, I don't actually have to be with you all the time in order for you to heal. You can take some responsibility for your own uh, health and your own uh, development in this area. Yeah, well, that's correct. And again, going back to the niche, really what I'm doing is not reinventing the wheel. It's going back to basics. This is how medicine used to be. Yes. It was very one-on-one, -on -one. it was very educative, it was very much of a learning process. And what we have failed to do in this country, and in, in the world for that matter, is that because technology has become such a, um, an up-and-coming component of medicine, 
it's all about what new tool or what new symptomatic treatment we can come up with that, that really tries to fancy the market. But what I have found is that people are becoming much smarter than that, and they realize that even though someone's coming out with a new device, it's still temporary, and it's not going to really address the causation of a problem. And so if you sit down and educate people, because people are very smart out there, you know, if, if they... If they sit down and listen to yeah. somebody who makes sense. And very well informed, too. Yeah, absolutely. If they are well informed, then they can make an educated decision and realize what the best plan of action is going to be for them. And so when I get people who come into our program and they realize how much is involved, it's not a hardship. They don't look at it as a hardship. They look at it as an opportunity. Oh, that's a very, very clear distinction, Patrick. Very good. And, and in fact, it becomes a partnership. The whole relationship becomes a partnership rather than a parent talking to a child. And I well, think there are a lot of adults or adult people out there that would love to be treated like adults rather than like children who don't know anything. Well, I've always, I've always joked with my friends that if I were a doctor and I went back to doing house calls, I'd be the most popular doctor in the world. Because that's what it used to be. It used to be about relationships. And over the years, I have gained so many relationships with people because it's about knowing who that person is and not just treating them as a number or treating their pain and not knowing who they are and forget about them after they leave you. This is an ongoing opportunity for people to get a hold of their problems, to actually address their problems correctly, but in the process, gain a friend. It really is about emotional contact. And that's one of the biggest things that we've gotten away with in our society. Okay, very good. So as we talk further this morning, we'll be talking about the subject of taking this business opportunity, let's call it, um, with a product, let's call it uh, health improvement, um, and, and dealing with, uh, with, with trauma, with physical trauma in many cases, and and saying, how do I turn this opportunity into a really good business? A business in the sense that it is professional and it's well organized and it has continuity. That is not just simply an event-driven exercise, which often happens in the professional area, uh, any professional, whether, whether it be a consultant, let's say, or um, anybody in the medical field. That always is just an event. Every event starts the process, and you've actually found a way to expand that process from just simply being one event into more on, of an ongoing exercise, which can be monitored and, um, and improved as you go along. So I love that part of it from a business perspective. Yes. And Otherwise, businesses are completely zero-based. In other words, we're out of work until we get face-to-face with our next client. But here you have your business working outside of, of, of any therapy or any uh, patient, doctor, or patient, professional e- exchange that's going on at that moment. Your business is actually operating all the time. Yeah. I love well, and that. That's, and that's what I had to, to really develop because I got in a situation where I was working you know, 10, 12 hours a day and just seeing clients all day long. And I have a unique opportunity in that I am a service-based business, but right. I needed to understand how to expand that beyond right. myself. And that's what we're going to talk about after the break. We're going into a break now just for a few moments. Those people that are listening at this, at this time can 
stay with us until after that. And we'll be talking about this in relation to how to create a global business. See you in a moment. Hi, good morning, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak, going into the second part of our show this morning. Our guest is Patrick Money, who is the Chief Executive and President of Symmetry for Health in San Diego and also has developed a program called License to Heal, which is a globally-based, state-of-the-art technology software process that can be used by professionals in many different fields, like chiropractors or masseurs or masseuses or anybody that's uh, involved in uh, physical or, or, or body kind of work. Patrick, when you started your business, I mean, initially you were just simply a therapist providing one-on-one services day by day, probably all hours of the day, many hours of the night too in some cases, I imagine. And uh, possibly you had one or two people working with you, but it, uh, it must have been a very hectic um intense kind of business that you were running. What occurred there that, I mean, what was happening when you were doing this? Well, first of all, it was it was hectic just from the standpoint that I didn't have a business background. <laughs> yes. And I think that when you're passionate about something, I mean, that's the first thing you have to have when you're running any business is you have to have a passion yes. for what you're doing. Right. Because it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for failure if you don't have that passion and you're just trying to make money. Yeah, um, I think that's a, a common. Um, but when we started Symmetry, and we initially put uh, some investment money into it and tried to run the, the plan, we quickly realized that um, in our particular situation in the health field, when you're running a clinic, it uh, requires a lot of attention and requires a lot of overhead to keep the momentum going, specifically for what we do, because it's all about empowerment. So people go through a three or four month process and then they're basically done and then you've got to go and recruit more people. So it's it's really very um, difficult in terms of keeping momentum going. And right. It's numbers intensive, isn't it? It's very numbers intensive and, in, in, you know, when you realize that you've got to keep it up, you've got to hire more people and when you hire more people, you have more overheads and you have more babysitting to do and you have more headaches that are involved with that. So, you know, our overheads were, were really high and even though our income was really high, it, it didn't it didn't make for a good recipe for profit <laughs> in in terms of a business model. Yeah. So we had to I, I hear out. people in the medical field often talking about things like that. I mean they they're turning over tr- tremendous numbers of people going through almost like a, a factory, a sausage machine in their businesses. And I'm not I'm not suggesting they're not doing a very professional job. I mean they they work very hard at being uh, caring and, and, and looking after each individual and providing person, real personal service. But it must be very, very stressful to constantly be doing this. Well, it's a catch-22 because initially, and, if, and I and think if you sit down with any practitioner, they would agree with me that initially you get into the business because you are passionate about the people. You're yes. passionate about helping people. But once you realize that it takes so much to make money in that service-based industry, you end up burning the candles at both ends, and it becomes the point where you, you have to mill people. You have to put them through that mill in order to make a buck. And who gets lost in that is your, your customer, which is the recipe for a successful business. So when you're not giving the attention to your customer who's trying to get better and you're just running it through a mill, you know, it's, it's, it's a false, what I call a false positive, because you start making a lot of money, but in the long run, 
it's going to be to your detriment because you're not really achieving that. Uh, at which point in goal. your career did you suddenly begin to really grasp that? Well, my wife and I, you know, started Symmetry in 1997. Uh, we were in Del Mar for the first two years, and then we moved out to a, a very large practice in Rancho Bernardo where we really started to increase our overheads and increase the client base. And, and um, it was in that process where we actually started working with you in terms right. of business development and coaching and, um, you know, recognizing what our true wants were in life and what, it, what was it that we were really, why did we really get into business? You know, and that brings yeah. me back to the point that I just made was, you know, was, were we getting into business to make money or were we getting into business to help people? And I think a lot of people lose sight of that in terms of what your personality depicts in terms of your business model because not everybody can swing a golf club the same way. So you don't teach people how to swing a golf club the same way. You've got to take a look at their body and their patterns and everything else and figure out what they can or can't do. And what we recognized when we worked with you was the fact that, you know, it's, it's not about um, making money first. It's about helping people and figuring out the best way to do that. And I think that's when we woke up one morning and we looked at each other and we said, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, we were exhausted every day. Yes. Um, we were losing the passion. I was losing the passion of working with people because I was working so hard every day. And um, through through our work with you, we had to reach a discovery, and that discovery was a question. And the question was, how can we still maintain a high-quality practice of service and increase our income? And that was right. the big question that we had to, to look for. Very good. And that's true of all businesses. I mean, that's a generic question for anybody in small business, and, and in big business too, of course, but particularly small businesses. So what did you do then? Well, it, it came down to my niche. You know, again, if you have a niche and you understand how you can replicate yourself, that's the key. How do you replicate your service without decreasing the the quality? It really, right. you have to understand what what that pattern is. And in healthcare, it's hard to do because it's all really based upon the talent of the practitioner. You know, you can have a whole group of physical therapists. Um, but I think they'll be the first ones to tell you that there are really good physical therapists and there are really bad ones, just like any industry. Yes. And really, it's just kind of a talent. And, and what I have found is that in order to increase that talent for even the lower practicing practitioners out there is the niche of being objective, being able to measure and quantify what it is that you're doing so that the patient... Oh, so that was the first thing that you did. You decided that, quanti- that, that coming up with some numbers would be the first part of this process of expanding your service that you were offering. Yeah, that's correct. The first thing was to become objective and right. to be able to make it easily reproducible in terms of teaching a practitioner how to take the measurements themselves and incorporate it into into their modality or their treatment practice. And then and then what did you do then? Well from that point you have to do, you have to create a system. And that system has to be based upon that first step. So, so you did that? Yeah. So what I did is I I uh, have a, a few tools that I use that um, measure three-dimensionally in terms of posture. And then you have to make sense out of it. In order to make sense out of it, you have to create a system in order to be able to take those objective measurements and those numbers and make sense out of them. And so that was the second idea that had to be done. The third thing is then, okay, you take that information and you ask yourself, well, what can I do with it? And what we decided and what I've always had in the back of my mind was in, in order to make it reproducible, Technology is so huge now, especially the Internet, 
is was there a way that I could actually implement that into that formula or into that medium that would allow other practitioners to be able to access what it was that I created. And so that's what we decided to do. About three years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, we got in contact with a software program uh, developer and I showed him all the information that I had and all the system that I had created based upon this, this system. And uh, he said, yeah, we can do it. So we sat down and we created it. So that's what I have now is, is a software program. It's an online software program, a seminar-based program where we actually get practitioners to come in and we teach them the whole methodology of measuring and implementing the system of the exercises to augment their existing practice. So instead of thinking about all these various practitioners in the different fields as competitors, you looked at them as equals on the one hand and also as an opportunity to grow your, the methodology through numerous sources of people that would easily be able to adapt the technology that you developed and use it for themselves. Well, and that's the point. I mean, I'm, I, we live in San Diego, and San Diego has the most practitioners per capita of any city in the, in the nation. I mean, really? Just, I mean, when you, you say know, practitioners, what, what, what does that any mean? Any practitioners, that? physical therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists. I mean, it's just, it's a... Personal trainers, people like that. Yeah. I mean, when you look at I mean, we live in the most beautiful place in the, in the world as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the temperature varies 10 degrees throughout the year. Yeah. So, where you typically, and there's a stat here where most cities uh, for a chiropractor have 3,000 patients per chiropractor. San Diego has less than 1,000 per chiropractor. I mean, there's not many chiropractors here. And so you're competing with a heck of a lot of people out there in terms right. of trying to get you know, con the consumer's attention. So but that must we, have been a huge quantum leap in your thinking to recognize that you could join with these people instead of seeing them as competitors. That's really what I'm getting at from a business perspective. Instead of being threatened by having all these various practitioners, let's use the word practitioners around, who are doing sort of similar things and working on the same clients as everybody else is working on, you saw that as an opportunity rather than as a, as a, as a competitive area. Well, that was step I mean, number four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's number four. Okay. Step number four was, was realizing the opportunity from the system that was developed. And that's right. any business model is is you have to have one you got to have to have the passion, two you have to have the niche, three right. you have to have the system, and then four you have to have the realization as to how to implement that into your um, market or your target market. And our market, ironically, right. changed from just the consumer to the practitioner because the practitioner that's out yeah. there, the good practitioner the open-minded practitioner out there will realize that mainly what they do is temporary. It's effective and it's great for pain relief. But in terms of a long-term program, it doesn't right. work. And so We're going we into a break now, and then after the break, Patrick, what uh, we should do is talk about the transition in your business from the one mode to the other mode where you started involving everybody. Anybody's listening in and would like to comment or would like to ask some questions of Patrick, feel free to do that. Uh, it's very, very easy to, uh, to contact him. In fact, you could even email us, and uh, we'll give you the number in a few moments after the break. So we'll go into the break now, and we'll see you in a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak talking to Patrick Mummy, my guest this morning, and we're talking about... Uh, turning small business opportunities into a global success 
In other words, how do we expand uh, businesses from just a one-on-one type opportunity? In other words, say a, a person running a business with with one client at a time and saying, how can I expand this into a much bigger type of business? And our guest is telling us how he went through that process and how he's expanded his business and his thinking uh, by working with other health practitioners instead of seeing them as competition, seeing them as people that are partners with him in the process of assisting patients, let's say, or people in need of uh, health improvement to uh, use a system to expand their businesses. Patrick, let's talk a little bit more about that. So once you had developed the process and you started um, doing the software for the process, maybe you need to talk a little bit about that software process because that in itself took a lot of time and probably a lot of investment too. Well, let me let me back up a step. I actually missed one step in there. <laughs> okay. In that, um, Do that. You know, we, well, we talked about the steps kind of going through any any business evolution, and when we yes. developed the system, I think the next logical step that we thought of in ourselves was actually to test the market. So even though we wanted to to present this to practitioners, and we thought that this would be a good angle to go to go for, as well as just the actual direct consumer who's in pain. Right. Um, I, st- I started a sub-program called License to Heal, and License to Heal was the seminar system that involves teaching uh, our, our whole program, which is called STAR, by the way. It's Success Through Alignment Restoration is what we call it. Right. And so I started So you, to, if Patrick, just to, to, to yeah. clarify this, you literally changed the focus of your market from the patients that you were dealing with, the consumer, let's call it, to other practitioners. Absolutely, but we had to test right. that theory too. So right, this that's is the testing part. Well, and what it, happened? Well, what happened was is, is really I was prompted into doing it because I I had so many of my clients who had gone through the program that had gone back to their practitioners and told them of the success that they had, and the practitioners were telling their clients of how much better they saw their bodies become, and that made their treatments easier. That we were actually getting phone calls from practitioners asking about our program. And wanting to know how they could te- how could how they could learn it, so it was kind of a natural evolution, and that's when we really started to prompt our our thinking of how to change our focus a little bit. And so I, I took the system, I developed the system, I made sense out of it, so I could actually start to teach it. And then we started these seminar programs called License to Heal. And really, what happened was it, it was it was a, a good and bad situation. The good part was is that there was a great acceptance of it. We had a lot of practitioners coming through, they were really um, putting their efforts into learning this and they're really motivated to learn this and they were, we were having great success in terms of, of their excitement. But what was what was the problem was is that just like any modality or, or treatment, there's a lot of education that goes into it. And what we were finding is that the percentages were lower than we wanted in terms of people or practitioners going out there and then implementing the system into their own practice. And, and right. so that's what prompted step number four, which was to develop the software program. Because the software program, what it does is it takes what is normally a 30-minute process in terms of evaluation and, and, and exercise routine prescription and takes it down into about a five-minute process. And that it was huge because our, our determining factor was time, is that all practitioners are really focused on their time and their ability to make as much money in yes, as little time as they can, right. but while maintaining proper service for their clients, for their for their patients. 
And, and, so, and in fact, not just learning the system, but learning how to, how to inject that system into their businesses correct. and expand their businesses, that must have been a tough challenge for you. Oh, it was, it was a huge challenge. I mean, you know, we spent a lot of sleepless nights. We put a lot of our own money into developing this whole system. Um, but again, it just goes back into the passion thing. We just had a passion for it, and we knew that if we could make the system easy enough for practitioners to implement into their existing practice, not to replace it. And that was the key selling point, and that still remains to be the the key selling point to practitioners is that we're not competition in our minds. We're an opportunity to increase revenue for them. And that was key while increasing the success of their clients in terms of pain relief. Wonderful attitude, Patrick. You're really on the cutting edge of technology when you talk when you talk this kind of language, because I think one of the greatest challenges in American business is this competitive idea that we have, where we just simply say, well, I've got to do better than the next person out there. And you're going out and you're saying, hey, wait a minute, everybody, all you, all you people, we, we, we have the same clientele, and I'm going to find a way to make your relationship with your clientele even better than it is right now. Now, that's just not normal. Do you, you realize you're not normal? Well, I know I'm not normal, and I've been told that many times <laughs> in many ways as well. But, you know, that but that's, the, that's the limiting factor in, in people in business in general. And you come out with a – I mean, when you talk about a quantum leap in approach, that's an amazing quantum leap. Well, with traditional business minds, I have been criticized very readily and very heartily because the question that they say is, well, you're just creating competition for yourself. Yes. Because if you're going to teach other people what you're doing, in essence, you're giving away your client base. Yeah. And my attitude to and that is... And you out of technology as well. Well, sure. Absolutely. Yes. And there's always that fear and there's always that threat of someone stealing what you've developed and whatnot, but they're never right. going to do it as, good as, as well as you can. They'll never be able to implement it and teach it as well as you can. So, you know what? Who cares? If they steal a thing, that's great. But my, my point is, is that I'm only one person as a practitioner. And there's plenty of people in pain out there to go around. So if I want to continue private practice, then I'm not going to have a problem doing that. And so my attitude was, if I can go out there and make other practitioners better in terms of just adding something and adding a system into what they already do, and that will increase the revenues and that will increase the success rate rate of their, their, their customers in terms of pain relief, then why not? It just seemed logical to me. Really? A wonderful attitude. Actually, I remember at one stage many years ago, I had a a woman who I was dealing with, and we used to talk about this element of competition. And she said, you know, I've gotten past the idea of thinking of everybody in the uh, human development field as being competitors. And I I changed. And this is what you did as well. She, She said, she went on to say, her name was Dahlia, and Dahlia said, I know that in order to not be focusing on just simply being ahead of my competitors, what I really need to be doing is I need to be doing the very best that I can all the time and not worrying about getting into lawsuits with, with, with so-called competitors, but simply constantly working on developing my business and staying ahead of the game so that I'm always on the cutting edge and everybody's following me rather than I'm just competing to be a little bit better than they are. Why should we compete with competitors? And so I think that's a marvelous attitude. And I think that, I mean, that's exactly what you've been doing and continue to do, Patrick. Well, my formula for successful business is evolution. 
Yes. If you don't, if you don't evolve, and this is this is for every. I'm going to ask you to mind. use the word "I" for a moment here. Don't be shy to do that. Okay. <laughs> I think yes. Uh, I. What what I recognize is, is that if you don't change, if I don't change, if I don't, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of coaching here with permission from you right. because it's such an important area. Well, uh, that's one of the things that um, is, is very important for my business to run successfully is that okay. not easy to do this, Right. I, when you use the word I here while you're talking about this, now you're, you're talking with that passion, and I want, you, I want to hear that passion from you. So what did you do? Well, I mean, I've, I, I don't like to stay stagnant. I think yes. that, I think that uh, businesses that, that don't become successful is because of the fear of change, and I hate to be stagnant. I hate yes. to just do the same thing over and over and over. It's always about investigating and the willingness to investigate and to change and to Wonderful. create. And I think that's the biggest key to success. So step number five on that yes. list of steps is, is to keep evolving. I mean, even now, the do. software that I've, that I've created, it's always going through upgrades. It's always right. changing. We're always taking into account the practitioner's needs. We're always taking into account the customer's needs. And we're Wonderful. always trying to change that. Excellent. So you're the person on the cutting edge right there uh, in this area and, and, and helping and changing your clientele to the practitioners and, and making them more successful. And you're, not, and you're not even worrying about the competition anymore because uh, as long as you're keeping ahead of the game and evolving your business, you'll never need to fear the competition. That's the yeah. illness in world business. Yeah. Is that well, and change creates, change creates right. passion. Keep right. that passion going. We'll talk about that and we'll wrap up the show in a moment. We're going into a break again and then maybe we'll just go through that five-step formula again that you worked on because it's applicable to any business and particularly to small businesses. If anybody would like to uh, email in right now, just email me, terry at qlcats.com. Go to the website, qlcats.com. See you in a moment. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego with Patrick Mummy, who is the president of an operation called License to Heal. It's a software system that practitioners in any health area could be using and find very, very valuable, and it's a method of expanding their own businesses. Uh, Patrick's talking about the various steps that he's gone through. And uh, in order to evolve from simply being a therapist to creating a global business that can be helpful for anybody in related fields. Patrick, let's just go through the steps again. Okay. I'm starting right from the beginning, one to five. Well, well the, first, the first thing that you have to have in any business is passion. I think that's the first right. step for any business. I mean, that's obvious. Otherwise, get out. Otherwise, get out. Don't even do it. You know, don't right. try to make it. I agree. I agree. It's going to fail. Right. Uh, the second thing is to... Once you have that idea or that passion, you've got to focus it into an, an, a niche, into, into your market. So you've got to create an, a niche that people will listen to you and say, yeah, that makes a lot, a lot of sense or a lot more sense than comparably for what, they're, what they've been hearing. Uh, three, so I'm going to use for the word niche a unified message rather than a whole lot of yes. different messages. Good. Yeah, Next. exactly. Number three is you've got to develop a system around that niche. In order for any business to be successful, you have to have the best way of implement, implementing your message to those people that you're trying to target. So creating that system is 
is very important in order for you to then go out to step number four, which is to test your market. Well, I just want to go back to that one. That's a reproducible system that is simple enough to be used by almost anybody so that anybody can latch into it and use it themselves without having a phenomenal amount of education involved yeah. on the back end. Yeah, right. absolutely. I mean, I, I look at our, my system, what I've developed, and it's like the Microsoft of healthcare, really. Okay. Because Very nobody good. nobody's going to develop Microsoft, but we all use it. Okay. And we love it because it makes our life Wonderful well. analogy. Very good. Mm-hmm. Step number four? And step number four is to make sure that you have tested that market and make sure that that system is going to work in that market that you want. And that's where step number five comes, which is evolution. You have to have a solid foundation of that system in your market to work, but you have to constantly evolve it in order for your business to always be fresh and, and to always be successful. And those are the keys that we have found with License Heal. One of the things that uh, that you're talking about that is vitally important is that um, in the evolution of the process, uh, the staying ahead of the game, the moment you do that, you've, you've elevated yourself out of the general hurly-burly of business and allowing um, people that are in a similar field, use the word practitioners, and I just want to explain that again, that's anybody in your field, the practitioners would be anybody in the health field. It could be um, masseuses, masseurs, personal trainers, chiropractors, doctors, uh, body work type people, people in that area. So that's vitally important in the process. Well, the, the fifth step to proper business is to make sure you're... Let's just go through that fifth step again. The fifth step was just talking about evolution and making sure that what we've recognized is that there's a foundational need for our practitioners. And so we've found something that attracts them to us. But to make sure that our business becomes more successful is finding more focused needs for each individual practitioner that's out there to make their lives even easier. And so it lets them know that we are constantly thinking about them and not just us. And in the process, it makes them successful, but it also makes us successful. So that's the... I think that's the biggest key and the long-term key is that evolution, that constant thinking of how you can change your system for the better. Excellent. And, I, you know, the, the point is that those five steps that you've gone through are generic, once again, to all small businesses. Those are the kinds of things that we need to be going through. And uh, you've been on the cutting edge there and in, created that kind of thinking, and that's what makes you stand out. Um, as you said earlier, we did work together and I suppose the area that I encouraged you most on was learning to expand the nature of your business from simply being a one-on-one into something that was more valuable to a multitude of people. Yeah. Um, what are some of the, the, the future things that you, you want from your business, Patrick, the way you see it? Well, it's, it's expansion. Uh, right now, we have developed a system that, that works really well in terms of uh, the seminars and the presentation and then them utilizing the software to, to help them with, with their own business. But beyond that, the steps that lie ahead are expansion for practitioners themselves to adopt themselves into more of the business end of our, of our business in terms of right. possibly franchising and things of that nature. You know, Patrick, we are, we are in fact, yes, you, said, you talked about franchising. We are talking to an international audience today. There are people uh, that, are, that have emailed me or written in or called me from countries as far away as Indonesia or uh, Australia, New Zealand, and the Middle East. Um, can they participate in this process as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of this business system is that it's an online web-based system. So all the practitioner needs to do
do is to have the education through the seminars, and then they can go back to their hometown, wherever they live, and utilize the system on a daily basis. Because it's Excellent. So what we could do over here is two possible ways to contact Patrick and talk with him more about it. One is to go through my website, go to qlcats.com, my uh, website, and uh, there's a contact form, and just simply say that you want to talk with, uh, with Patrick, and I'll put him on to you. It's as simple as that. The other possibility is to go directly to Patrick's website called, Patrick? It's www.l, as in Larry, t, as in Tom, h, as in Harry, i, n, as in Nancy, c, dot com. It's lthinc.com. Okay, and from that website, then they would be able to be in contact with you and talk to you about the system. Correct. Patrick, thank you very much for your broad thinking and your and sharing your passion with us today. I think I think that really was uh, wonderfully done. The combination of those two things and reminding us that business is about um, accessing our passion, accessing the insight into it, and then developing a regular system to be able to put it into effect professionally. And that's essentially what you've done today. It's been a pleasure working with you. I just need to talk about uh, what's coming up in the future on our show, the Quantum Leap Catalyst, and just remind people that you can contact me directly through terry at qlcats.com or go to my website, qlcat.com, and uh, work with me on that. Next week, next Monday, we have a very, very interesting subject. We're talking about human resources, and we're particularly talking about why human resources for small businesses, particularly in the United States, where the legal system is so critical and so demanding. And most important of all, we're going to talk about how do we get our share of talented, best people from a shrinking pool of qualified technical labor. How do we select them? How do we find them? What do we do with them? So we'll be talking to Rita Souza a human resources leader, consultant, and business partner. So be back with us next week at the same time, and we'll be able to do that. If you want to write again, please feel free to do that. Uh, you can contact me off my website or write to me directly at terry at qlcap.com. That would be fine. And I, I would really enjoy getting some comments from you and feedback as to anything that might be helpful for you in the area of quantum leap results and quantum leap thinking. Uh, Patrick, let's just finally just wrap up the show then again. What message would you have for everybody that's listening in running a small business in relation to what you did? Well, I think the bottom line is to find what, what's going to make you the happiest. You know, that sounds boring, but it really is the formula for success is to make sure that you have passion for what you do and to take that and sit down and think about it. Don't just act. Think before you act and come up with a plan that's going to best serve your needs. So, I, I mean, that's essentially what I found in the, in the period that we worked together. That was, that's, I suppose, what attracted me most to you was that sense of excitement. And I just want to thank you as well. You don't know what you've done for my golf game <laughs> by using your license to heal system. But it certainly uh, took me to a, a completely different level because I went through the process, and I know it works wonderfully. Thank you very much for being with us today, Patrick. We'll talk to you soon, and goodbye to all the 